0: It's Jeremy White with Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Does anybody else out there want to do something like that? What what do we need to settle? Jeremy White. When you were a kid and you were going to get sick, like you might throw up, did your family use the same bowl? You go to bed, you bring the bowl there in case you're going to throw up. Was that the same bowl as the family movie popcorn bowl? With sneaky Joe DiBiase. The same I bowl thought... that you are eating popcorn out of yeah. has been the thrown sick, up into. The sick bowl. But it's just a bowl. You just wash it. It's just a bowl. The mental damage alone should be there that, hey, some, you know, little whatever your little brother or sister... I just threw up in this last week. Now I'm eating popcorn. Why do we have a dishwasher? So on Monday, popcorn. On Tuesday, throw up. And on Wednesday, dog food. No, I see no issue with it. On WGR Sports Radio 550. uh, Something. what is is happening with our TV in here right now? I think our television in here is being censored. There's a big giant Uh box over the picture. (laughs) It's like if you were to watch an old hockey game uh where like it wasn't in HD. I think the so there's the two bars on the side that are like kind of blacked out. Letterbox, I believe is the term. The letterbox? Okay, well we have the letterbox, but we don't have the actual box in the middle. Although letterbox has the black on the top and the bottom and this is in this the is middle. The, this is the middle. Right. So I've never I've never seen this before. So. No. No. So that that's how the morning is starting uh in this room at least. <laughs> yeah, right. That's all right. Happy Thursday, right? It is Thursday. It is Thursday. I'm trying to keep up with what's going on. Winter storm. Is it over? Did it come and go? Was that a winter storm? Yeah, I think it was. I don't think we can count that as a winter storm. Four to five inches in certain spots. It was never, you know, I don't think it was ever too bad, but hopefully everybody got around I, safely. I got lazy with it, I, I figured out last night, because I woke up this morning and was walking through snow. I just didn't, I didn't even shovel yesterday. Could it be a winter storm if I didn't shovel and I was able to get out of my driveway completely? fine it's a good question i didn't shovel either i didn't i just didn't, you know been there done that i don't I didn't even think to yeah no me neither i mean i probably should have because there was a couple inches on the ground Yep. but you know i'm used to eight feet this this winter <laughs> yeah what's what's a couple of inches A couple of inches and we had some grapple as well it's always good to get grapple some, some grapple grapple what, what do you mean it's like the stuff between sleet and snow oh uh, or between sleet and hail or whatever yeah i thought sl- there's too many of those I thought, I thought it was just all sleet. No. Anything between, like, rain and snow? Yeah, grapple is super-cooled water droplets. Okay. Okay. The stuff you don't want to be... That that seems like the, the prototypical, I don't want to be outdoors for a sporting that's, event. Inside. That's the one where, you know how sometimes you'll go out to d- dust off your car, and it's not just snow, but you can oh. see that it's, like, little pellets that would be inside yeah. of packaging? Yep. That's grapple. Okay. It's... Yeah. For some reason, when you described it that way, I knew it exactly what you were talking yeah. about. not flaky, but more, yeah, packaging styrofoam stuff. Yep. So, yeah, we had some of that yesterday, and, uh, you know. Hey, today we've got Don Granado on the show. Uh-huh. I mean, you know what I'm excited to bring up to Granado Is that stat about the Sabres record in front of 17,000 or more yeah. fans. How, at home... And on the road, too. I'm, I, I guess so, yeah. That must apply on... on it might have only been home. I thought the home record. Well, that was the, they were five and two at home in fr- but like away, right? Not every game on the road, but more games than not on the road. They're probably going to be facing Maybe. those crowds like on that. the road. They have a winning record and at home they're not really great. And they have a winning record in front of seventeen thousand fans and less than seventeen thousand. They're six and ten or something. So yeah, I'm eager to hear what uh, what he thinks about that. Maybe he'll tell the team next mission. Start winning games with 16,500, you know? Right. So it was part of a point Paul brought up that, you know, they play well on the road in these big buildings, and then they come home, and it's not always full, but when it is, they play pretty well. So Mm -hmm. bring that up with Granado coming up at 8 o'clock. We've got Tyler Dunn of GoLongTD.com at uh, 9 o'clock as well, because we'll talk to him about the Bills. He wrote something about Brandon Bean, and he wrote something about Sean McDermott, and uh, you know, Tyler's plugged in with a bunch of the players, so, you know, kind of look back on the season with him. Are you at a point yet where you are scoreboard watching? Actually, not even scoreboard watching. Are you turning on these games with teams that are around the Sabres? No. And if so, it's a, a, a so no at all? Or, no. like, are there certain teams? No. I'm just not. Okay. I turned on the Rangers-Leafs game last night. Now, it was that. That is That's lofty. Like the idea yeah. of the Rangers, who are five points clear of the Sabres. They're seven. Seven, okay. But the Sabres have a game in hand, so they could pull within five tonight. Yeah, that's pretty high up there. But it's not impossible, right? No. It's not impossible. Like, I wouldn't watch the, the lightning. The lightning, are, that's not happening, even though I think that's only eight points, but come on. How good are the Rangers? Uh, they, could, they could go on a little yeah, bit you're of right. a, a slump, couldn't they? You're right. The Sabres are, according to Money Puck... Playoff odds, the Sabres are at forty two percent. And we've been wow. ta- we've been talking about Washington and Pittsburgh, yep. who are sixty seven and sixty four, and the Rangers are sixty seven and a half. So they're Okay equal, so, right there. Yeah. Even with the the Capitals. So yeah, it really comes down to one of those three teams. It's good to hear the Islanders are drifting back and they, falling apart. Yeah, they're falling apart. I mean they, they might be at a point soon where like do we, we don't even have to pay attention to them. Yeah. They're two back now, but they've played I think four games more than the Sabres have. So their math is getting tough. Their their math is similar to Florida, but Florida I think people still believe is a legitimately good team. I don't think that same thought applies to the Islanders. Yeah. Panthers have too much talent. I'm keeping an eye on the the Penguins and the Capitals and the Panthers for the most part. You know, it's interesting about the Sabres. I had a I had a friend ask me. He doesn't get a chance to watch as many games as he'd like, and he's he asked me, "So uh how how are they doing? What's what's going on? What's different? Why is it different this time?" Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like Trying to draw, you know, you've got a blank canvas to explain what's what's going on with the Sabers. What would you say? I would honestly just say, go here. Here's their hockey reference page. Here's a screenshot. You, you tell me what you what kind of stands out here. Isn't it kind of easy to see just by looking at their player stats that oh, they've got three, four guys that are above a point a game. Yeah, they score a lot. And is Cousins is almost at a point a game. I said they score a ton. Yeah, they, they lead the league in five goal games. Their goaltending has been... They lead the league in... Oh, what was... Oh, no, that was goal, goals in the first minute huh. of a game. I think they they have six this season. But yeah, they're the high. They're second in the league in scoring now behind Boston. Yep, they just score. They've got a bunch of guys that are a point of game. They've got a bunch of 20-goal scorers. By the end of the season, they'll have, what, seven 20-goal scorers, maybe? And like four, five 30-goal scorers? Yeah. So my answer was, they just score a ton. And yeah. they play a fun style, which is you know kind of up and down the ice and they sure they make mistakes they give up chances but the goalies have helped a lot i wouldn't say the goaltending has been amazing but it's been improved they've done enough yeah no it's definitely been improved i mean they were bottom of the league last year and this year they're more middle of the pack yeah lucanin has been pretty good anderson has been pretty good good enough i guess if you're gonna if you're gonna be a team that scores five a night your goaltending has been good enough if the Sabres were playing to try and win every game 2-1, these goalies probably would not be doing the job no. because... They give three every night. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> right. but but they score five a lot. Yep. So that, and that's their math. Tonight, Winnipeg, and if they win again, you know, coming back from this road trip, you might have taken four points to begin with. They've already got their four. Yeah. I'm at a point where I am... I'm at least invested enough to where, like, they play the Jets tonight, and, like, last night I'm looking, okay, Hellebuck playing tonight? Like, what what goalies are we getting? that Now, that one... That one might be easy to to think about because they just played Winnipeg, and Hellebuck played incredible for those three periods, and he's an all-world goaltender. Uh, they did not play last night, so I would assume he would. But, yeah, I'm doing scoreboard watching. I'm doing, okay, what did the Sabres' opponent do the night before? Did they play the night before? Are we getting backup goaltenders? I'm at a point where I'm now looking up their lineups. Where before, wow. before it was just, okay, I show up to the game, and, oh, Ryan O'Reilly's out. Because he's got a broken foot. You find that out like the, the day of the game or right before the game. Whereas now, like, day before the game, I'm like, all right, da- daily face off is a good site for this. They have line combinations updated from for every team. And like I'm clicking on Winnipeg and like, oh, they got they got Pierre Luc Dubois playing on the fourth line. Why is that <laughs> happening? He's getting benched by the coach. So I'm into it. I'm very into their race right now. Because they haven't been in a race in ten years. Oh, right. They haven't been alive at this point in ten years. I did see who was it the Royal Report, uh which is a Twitter account that that covers the Sabres, and they had the Sabres point totals each night uh or e- on january twenty fifth oh, going boy. back the last 10 years. the only year they were above where they are now. they have what fifty fifty three points. yeah, here we go. They had fifty four points in eighteen nineteen. That's the 10 game win streak year, okay They still were at fifty four. But I don't feel like I remember them still being in it at this point. Well, they were in it, but but were we so devastated that they had lost so many yeah, in the month of th- January? They had in one month they had given the entire ten game win streak back. So we, okay, so we felt like momentum's going the other way. Yeah. They're they're gonna they're gonna blow it. Yeah. Whereas this is arrows pointing up. What year was that? eighteen eighteen nineteen. They had fifty four points on January twenty fifth. This year they have fifty three. Okay. But otherwise, like. Last year they had thirty three points. Yeah, after the ten game win streak, I mean they started off. <laughs> San Jose was the tenth win. They yeah. lost five straight right after that. It, immediately, immediately after it was five straight? Immediately after the ten game <sighs> win streak, they lost five straight. Yikes. Yeah. And then by the end of the month, I mean, looking at just how many hold on, I'll click and see what the record is. Uh four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They lost nine games the rest of the in January, basically. So they were like four and nine the very next month, and then of course it continued to go south. Yep. And holy cow, February was bad. <laughs> There's a seven game lo- losing streak in here, and then another. Yep. Another seven game losing streak in March. It was bad. That team too, like weren't weren't there arguments that they were fluky because there were a lot of overtime wins and their PDO was really high, like their shooting per- shooting percentage and their safe percentage. Was almost unsustainably high. Like Carter Hutton, right? Would have been the goalie then. Like seven of their ten wins were in overtime or shootout. Seven of the ten. Seven of the ten. So like it felt like okay. The smart guys out there kind of think this might be a little fluky. Mm -hmm. I'm not hearing as much of that about this team, or I'm not even sure if I'm hearing any of that about this team. They are not. They are winning some games in overtime recently. But, like, their 5-on-5 numbers look pretty good. You know, here's a good testament to how their 5-on-5 numbers are probably pretty good. I haven't even looked at them. Right. I, you know? Yeah. It used to be where, if it doesn't... This is a little bit like the Bills, where, you know, something doesn't look right. All right, they've won three in a row, but... Is it that impressive? Are they that good? But and, is that because of where the bar is, or is that because... Okay. Eh, maybe. Like, is just happy to be here? I don't even want to look to see that they're 25th and. Whatever expected no, goals for? I, I think it's because, I think it's because they play such a wide open style that there's no way they could be 25th in goal expected. Right? <laughs> they, they've got to be somewhere near the top or somewhere what, at least in the middle in expected goals for. I, I, I look at this team and I think more than anything they belong. We've seen them play these other teams. You've seen them play Boston and look like they belong, or Pittsburgh or whoever they. Yeah are not a pushover. They're not relying on desperate goaltending. They're not consistently playing, you know, stupid hockey. They're not a one-man band where for a couple of years there it was if Eichel scores, they're in good shape and if he doesn't, nobody else will. They're not that. Tage Thompson just went through a little bit of a goal drought and they were fine. Yeah, cuz the other lines they right? pick they pick it up. Olsson in Middlestat middle stat were yeah. Getting offense, the cousins line. So, and there's a report out there about maybe chasing Timo Meyer, who is going to be a UFA. He's 26. Um, you know, talking about that yesterday with Paul about could they make a move for somebody, and he said, you know, age is of course going to be really important for any sort of decision. And there's something to be said for here if you want them to be aggressive, you want the Sabers to go out and do something. You have two number one defensemen. I mean, number one one. Yeah, already here. Yeah, Darlene's locked up and and power is on what? year two of an entry level deal. He'll be here forever. Yep. You have two top centers now, Thompson and Cousins. I want to say it's it's happened. Thompson has become a number one. Yep. Last year, he, he flashed a lot of goals this year. He's he's an assist man, too. He had a goal and two assists against the Blues. Thompson is an all star. So what are you going to go out there and try and wait for Yuri Kulik to try and pass him on the depth chart because you need a number one center? I don't think so. So I've got two top defensemen, I've got two top centers, I've got goalies in the pipeline, whether that's Lukanen or the, the kid in Northeastern, and I've got three draft picks from this last draft. Yeah. it is. It really is. And another one from the draft prior when you drafted Power. Yeah. They have four forwards that were picked in the first round that are not here They're yet. They're not here yet. So it really is a case of, for Kevin Adams, you should make a move, maybe not necessarily deadline, maybe offseason is it, but it really is like a, maybe time to make a digs trade right yeah. the bills were good before diggs got here yep. and it was let's spend a first round pick because we're set in a lot of spaces let's make sure that we get somebody that's really going to boost us and for the sabers i don't know the the age or the player but i want to almost say they should be hunting for that move that find all right we've got first round picks to trade if they have a, if they want to give up their first this year where is it going to be if they miss the playoffs it'll be what, 13th Fourteenth, right? It's not going to be top ten unless they no? win the lottery, which I would hope with the pit, the player that's in this draft oh, they would make that lottery protected. Everybody's going to be lottery protected. There's, no, there's going to be no first round picks traded that aren't lottery protected. Yeah, Connor Bedard going number one, right? And he'll yeah. be he'll be whatever. Except so, uh, by the way, except Montreal because they already traded. No, Florida, Florida traded their first round pick and it's not lottery protected. So Montreal could win Bedard with Florida's pick. That'd be pretty cool for them. That'd be funny. So. All that said like you you really are flush and you can only have so many prospects and so many young players and they're not all going to make it. So, you know, maybe you draft your first your three first round picks last year, wait one year and say, "All right, which one of these three is not looking like the player we thought he would be?" Package that that guy a first and something else and go get you know, Olison's name comes up in trade rumors a lot. I, I just think My, Meyer fits for that, right? Like Meyer He, is, he does. He's a he's a I mean, he's a tremendous winger. He's a point a game guy. Yeah, that's that's a Diggs trade. Yeah, that is. And remember, they tr- Diggs said this on I think the Von cast and maybe even before that that the Bills tried to trade for him the a year before. before. Yep. So the Bills were hunting that that move in season. Mm-hmm. So I mean, maybe it doesn't work out, and the Sabers do something like it in the off season. But LeBron said that they they contacted San Jose. They're hunting. It sounds like they're hunting that trade right now. Right, and they have checked in on Jacob Chikrin, who's not been traded yet. Right, because the price is ridiculous. Sure, but, uh, but it, it, if anybody can pay a ridiculous price, it might be them, the Sabers. Right, who can outbid them right now? Who, who actually? Like, let, let's say Meyer gets traded. Why does? Why does anybody? Who has more to offer than Buffalo does? Because they've got again four forwards to pick in the first round that none of which you would think are untouchable. Uh, From the last two drafts. They have their first round pick this year. They also have the cap space. Like LeBron, when he did the insider trading on TSN talking about Timo Meyer, the first team he talked about was Toronto. And he's got a $10 million qualifying offer. Maybe an extension comes before that and it settles around like, I don't know, eight or eight and a half. But my first thought was, how the heck is Toronto getting eight and a half million in? They, They are always scrapping the cap and trying to figure out how to manage it. The Sabres got The Sabres are they try to get to the floor. They have to trade for Ben Bishop in the offseason because they don't even have enough salary on their books. So, they can do almost anything they want contract-wise. They've got more picks and prospects right than I would think anybody. Like if Meyer gets traded, just using him for now because he's on the market and is a great player. What what argument does anyone have over Buffalo other than like the only thing that you would think would stop it is they're not aggressive enough on it, or two, the player doesn't want to come here. Yeah, the UFA process, like that, that to me would be something that stands in the way. But maybe you find a player that's an RFA, or no, oh, he would be an RFA. He, he would be an RFA. Okay, yeah. well that's different. But you, th- there is risk in that, right? The, the Reinhardt scenario. Yeah, I'm just going to play it out until I can get to UFA. He can tell you I'm going to I'm going to do it for one year, and then you lose a lot of leverage if you need to sell him then right and who knows what he wants to do I mean he's he's Swiss right Meyer Timo Meyer Swiss yes he's been living in San Jose does he want to come here anyway not to get specific on him yeah there's a piece about that I read last year when the Colorado Avalanche won the cup and I, I started tallying up all the things that they traded away in the process of building the Stanley Cup champion team uh-huh. and it's a lot it's first round picks second round picks I mean a player and a pick all the time. Darcy Kemper traded for for um, a def- a, 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 defen- first, right? a defenseman and a first. Okay. And here's Devin Taves for two second-round picks. And Josh Manson, acquired from the Ducks, for a defenseman prospect and a second-round pick. Like, the Avalanche traded second-round picks like they were going out of style. Like, oh, sure, we'll, we'll do more of that. They traded away guys that they drafted in the top 10, top 20, top 30. Their own prospects. A defenseman taken 28th overall. Traded to try and get somebody else. And, you know, the Sabres have done an awful lot of building, and it looks to be going very, very well. This is, I mean, I don't think they're, of course, gunning for the Cup this year, but gunning to be a, a team that can be in the Stanley Cup mix, it sounds ridiculous to say next year. <laughs> but yeah. they're in a window with so many good young players that waiting on it and just waiting and waiting and waiting, I think would actually be a mistake. They should They should strike while the iron is hot. And that could mean you know making a smart deal where you're dealing one prospect and a first round pick, and whether that's Chikrin or if Timo Meyer or there's another name out there, you know teams that have won the Stanley Cup have made those trades, and the Sabers really haven't yet. The the biggest trade they've made is the Eichel trade, which was dumping a good and, and, and Reinhardt, dumping an asset for for more more quantity, yeah. and they've turned that into quality. So now might be the time to you know take some of your. Your assets and go buy something, right? They've had they've made tear down trades, but they haven't made build it back up trades. They've built it back up with the pieces, it, like including if you go back to O'Reilly, right? Like their top line right now, two thirds of it are they traded a great player away and got pieces back, like two thirds of their top line is that. Yep. So like that that is working. I, I guess the two the two questions I would have is one, are they are they so good right now that it feels like they have to make a move like that? Because like Colorado, the difference there would be when they made a lot of those moves, like they're they're thinking they can win the Stanley Cup or are favored to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, this is over. No, the, no. oh, that was over years. not This just is that every. One year? This is, yeah, this is a okay. how they were built. Every player on the roster, how they were acquired. Okay, and a ton of them were were trades. Yeah, hockey trades prospect and a second for this player mm-hmm. that they bring up and bring along the way. Andre Burakovsky, acquired in 2019 okay. for a player and a second and a third. Yep. You know what? Here's a question. Should the Sabres be dealing all of their second and thirds for two years? You know <laughs> Maybe. They, they have, let me double check this, but I think they have one from both the and trade and the Eichel trade. All right. Yeah, they have three. they have three second round picks this year. They should not use all three of those second round picks. No, I mean this this is where you'll hear well it's important to keep Rochester stocked. All right, sure, whatever. You've got you yeah. got ammunition. You find teams out there that really need to start rebuilding their Rochester and other things like that. So yeah, I don't know that it'll be a deadline kind of move. The other thing, one other part of this show is maybe all this stuff is off-season stuff. We're see where the season goes and it's off-season stuff, but last year at free agency their free agency was two players. Mhm. Eric Comrie and Ilya Labushkin Bl- and like That was it. That's it. Didn't rate very much. I would expect this offseason to be one where it's a little different. You are now a real team. You know, last year you're coming off a what's going on there, right? Okay, Thompson flashed, but that organization's been way down bad. They picked in the top ten again. Now if they make it to either the playoffs or very close, maybe the money is easier to spend on on free agents and players are more interested in coming here. And maybe they have a little bit more of a, you know, a target than somebody like Labushkin and Comrie. And I think if I'm, if I'm right, this free agent class is unlike many that's coming up in that usually you see what guys at like 30, 31, 32 that are hitting the market. I don't know how many of these guys will actually hit, but like there's going to be big fish. Like David Pasternak is a whale. If he Mm -hmm. makes the market, he's 27. Bo Horvat is 28. Um, who, who else? Dylan Larkin is a UFA this off season. He's 26. Uh, the Boston guys are older, but like, there's a lot of younger, youngish. Uh, and then there's, there's Patrick Kane, who's 34, and that's a whole different conversation. But that's not happening. That's not happening. But there's there are big whales out there. If they want to chase, I don't know if they can get them yet. Are they at a point yet where they can get a guy like that? They they may never be right. Like they may never be able to get the posternocks of the world if they hit, if he hits the open market, but. Yeah, it's something that's better than Comrie and Labushkin. The other thing, though, about like a trade—if they were to make one in season, like, do we care about the position of it? I don't think I do. Like, if they trade it for Timo Meyer tomorrow, I'm not going to be, oh, they—they they already have so many forwards, right? Like, they can't even get well. They can't even get all okay. their guys in the lineup. This, but this gets to your point. So to interrupt, this gets to a—is someone going to make a point? I don't want to block anyone's development. Yeah, because to me, that point is always. Not always nonsense, but it is often. Right, like if, how how do we feel if they trade for Meyer and now Paterka gets sent to Rochester? Okay, if Paterka can't make the team, he can't make the team, and you add a 30-goal score? Yeah. Sorry, a 30-goal score is blocking a player from being here. Right. Like if you can be here, you can be here, and if you can't, you can't. This is a point about the goaltenders. Well, I don't want anyone to block the development of XYZ. Okay, well, Portillo's not coming here. There's one goalie, X him out, off. He's yeah. going to go to free agency. You know, planning for not blocking anybody to me is, I don't know, I think it's a mistake. But the defenseman, like, that fits a lot cleaner. Like, if they trade, if the price on Chickren comes down and they trade for him, like, that one is just, that just fits. Right? That is is clean as can be. Who am I taking out of the lineup? Bryson? And suddenly the team that's number two in the league in scoring? Like, I, I do love the idea of... The number two team in the league in scoring, just like yeah, we'll get another thirty goal score. Yeah, I love it. Let's, let's, let's keep adding. Let's score, score, score. Isn't that the Chiefs? Isn't that the Bengals? Is and kind, there, kind there, of there are parallels here to what we want the Bills to do. Oh, the Bills were second in scoring, and our, our entire offseason conversation is going to be how the offense needs to add weapons. Yeah, but the defenseman fits just it, square square peg in a square hole. Right? If they go trade for a horse twenty minute defenseman, that's going to play in the second pair with Owen Power. And bump Yoki Haru down a pair. Like, yeah. their their team just feels a lot more complete if they do that. They're in Winnipeg tonight, so we'll see if they can continue their... Uh, they've got a four-game win streak, and they'll try and make it five. At Winnipeg, 8 o'clock tonight. head coach Don Granato at 8 o'clock. Plenty of football on the way. Josh Allen was asked by Kyle Branton if he will watch these games this weekend. Will you watch? I'll tell you what he said if you didn't hear that. Uh, maybe get into some of the matchups. The Mahomes stuff. He practiced in full, so looks good. Um... Yeah. Still, of course, post-mortem on the Bills, (laughs) what to do from here. I read a good article about this that I want to talk to you about, which is, you know, what the Bengals did to the Bills. It's time for this to become the story of the offseason. What Mm. the Bengals did to the Bills, same thing Miami did to the Bills on some level. Okay. Tell you about that as well this morning. So good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. Join us 8030550 if you'd like on the Sabres. On the Bills. We're uh you know happy to take your calls here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?